0: everyone to another episode of these are our kids a podcast for jdi connect my name is beth oprish and i am joined by my co-host
1: i am shavante keaton formerly shavante white right yes yes we had a name change people are probably like looking at my signature a little like hmm i think i know her but not sure but yes i am the same person and i'm here with Beth <laughs> and i'm thrilled to be here with shavante
0: and you know by the end of these podcasts come on shavante we don't even need last names right it's gonna be beth and shavante shavante yeah. and Beth,
1: right? we're yeah. gonna be the
0: one name people right we are. people we know are. by our name yep. But today we're thrilled to be uh joined by this episode's guest willie william william willie rodriguez <laughs>
2: willie how are you Good, good, good. I'm doing great. Thank you so much. And even better because I'm with uh, two great people. Well, know, look at that. And that
0: wasn't people. even scripted, Willie. Right. <laughs> so Willie, thanks so much for being part of today's episode. Tell us a little bit about what you do.
2: Well, you know, right now I'm at Boston University. i teaching actually youth justice and advocacy. Uh, it's a nice, usually conceptual framework that I teach young people who want to be Change agents, um, um, positive youth development, and believing in young people and that kind of stuff. I've done, um, I got a, you know, we could be here all night if I spoke on my portfolio, but since you're going to ask me at the end, hopefully it's something about why I do the work I do, uh, I'd rather say very briefly that I've been about 35 to 40 years in both criminal justice and juvenile justice work, both in legal reform. Policy reform, correctional reform—you name it. I'm a jack of all trades, master of none. I've also worked very closely with my Latino community and considered one of those who um, can influence our community to do the right thing um, by themselves. But it's a—it's been a—it's been quite a journey. So I went into the classroom because I worked in a system that, as we know, it's been historically discriminatory and one of the last vestiges of of uh you know um punishment and 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 slavery modern day slavery and i figured that as an individual i couldn't dismantle this daunting system so i went into the classroom to teach the future reformers of the system about share my experiences my mindset so they can go out there and do that work and um so here i am and i also have a little hobby that for 30 years now i've been a dj so oh so i
0: i I was gonna bring up that Fun yeah. fact about yeah, you, yeah, Willie. Yeah. Willie and I, our paths crossed because we get to work together. I get to work with Willie with the RJJ curriculum, Reimagining Juvenile Justice. But I have learned that fun fact that Willie,
2: yeah, yeah,
0: by night
2: is a DJ, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I, uh, yeah. I, actually, they say I moonlight as a lawyer, but um, okay. you know, <laughs> I have I both I have both a master's degree in criminal justice and a JD uh, in law, and um, it's a nice combination to have, you know, when you're trying to tackle system. But I do do people have used me for political fundraisers. I've done youth mobilizing outreach groups in my community where I pump, you know, energy into young people so they can do better in academically and all of that. The messaging is clean. I go by the tag name of DJ Prof. Ooh, I like Uh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to, I used to, um, I came out of Fordham University. I was a communications major and I used to do a little bit of the soul unlimited show there mixing some music with turntables in those days. So you know and one of my things was I would be saying things like, and this is Willie the KG right here in the South Bronx where the music is really at, bringing you soul vibrations from the number one retro city from the station in New York City, Metro New York's number
1: 198.7. Oh, I wish I had like the applause sound, I would just drop it right there. <laughs> right.
2: Uh, the mic was too heavy for me to drop it even when I said that. In- <laughs>
0: Back in the day,
2: you could do it now. No, but- but that was back in the day. Yeah, I can drop it right now. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Uh, I just recently did actually my uh, a celebratory uh, Christmas um, virtual DJing for my for the college, Wheelock College of, of Education um, in awesome. Boston University. So that was cool, pumping up energy and people.
1: That's
0: well, fun. that does not surprise me in the least. Having ha- yeah. like I said, the opportunity to work with you as I have with RJJ. Yeah. Getting energy into Willie Rodriguez has never
2: been a problem. So, <laughs> it goes right through the screen, you know. Yeah,
0: we feel like we're in the same room together.
2: Yeah, as a Puerto Rican, I average 200 hugs a day. I'm averaging right now minus one. So, oh. and that's because it's limited. My wife doesn't allow me to hug her as much anymore. You know, that's like, <laughs> I'm tired of it. Go hug somebody else.
0: <laughs> well, hopefully, and, and that's one of the questions we'll get to is, what your your hopes for 2021? yeah you know, yeah definitely in episode or in season two of the podcast we're, we're asking everybody like the same questions so mm-hmm. the questions for the first one for for our guests in the second season is what what what's one of the lessons Willie that 2020 taught you
2: yeah it's, it's a great question I you know I um always figure that every year I, I get to learn something. Um, and um, I mean, we've had so many crises and so many, I would say grand events going on right now that it's hard to say how much we've learned at the same time, we continue to be astonished with the kind of um, um, things that have happened because of the pandemic and because of the racial injustice. Um, uh, but one thing I've learned is is that no matter what the, um, the circumstances, the obstacles and the barriers we face, there is still some sense, there is a sense of humanity, you know, this could very much drain people's hope for the future. And one thing I've learned is that if you search it, uh, people can be resilient. And, and some of that resiliency is drawn by us coming together. And if we do it together, I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned is no matter how much obstacles they are, that you can dismantle it, you can go you keep that hope alive, and um, uh, but I've also also learned that you know there's a lot more that we need to do, and there's a lot more that we need to learn, and there's a lot more of um, I would say that I see more hate. It, it didn't. It didn't. It was there before, mm-hmm. but because we have social media, it's been exposed more. And I, I'm kind of because of the recent incidents at the Capitol. That's even. And to say how far people can go to get an ideology or some thought process um, to come to fruition. um, And how much hate there is um, in this world. And we need to turn that around. Um, But um, that's one thing I've learned. But I I love the idea that I can always find somebody with uh, the resiliency and perseverance and keeping the faith and saying, we can get out of this.
1: Well, thank you, Willie. I mean,
2: all of, all of what you said is insightful
1: and it's, and it's all related, you know, 2020 had so many, so many, um, like you said, crises for us to navigate and um, through it all, I think what you expressed about the hope um, being, being there that, that we are, we are going to find our humanity in all of this and, and come together um, to really make the changes that we see actually we're in desperate need of, of a lot of, of change and growth in our our country and so that leads me kind of to our second question is what are you hopeful for in 2021 with with everything you expressed in terms of what you learned um, and, and what you see on the horizon of things that need to change um, how does that influence what what things that you are hopeful for to either accomplish or to see um, in
2: 2021 yeah um, yeah well i'm i'm very um, i one thing i have to preface my comment with I'm probably one of the most hopeful people. I always say, even telling my, um, I'm a, a person that's filled with positivity. So, uh, you know, I did say that 2020 brought a lot of challenges because in many cases you felt, you know, for the first time I felt down and sad and depressed because of the pandemic. And one I'm an extroverted person. I, I draw energy from the organic, you know, um, conversations, the organic engagement that I have with both my students and the colleagues I work with, the people at the grassroots level, all of that. So I, I, I one thing I, I, I am hopeful for is because, because of what we went through in 2020, I saw the the vibrancy and the energy of our young people organizing all over the place. And, you know. And my daughter is of the, that age as well. And so are my, my two boys and they all were, they were, they were angry, they were upset. They also uh, you know, brought out their voices for the first time, the collective voices of our youth came out in such ways. And that gave me even more hope for our future because I have children of the same age of those that were organizing this summer. And they went out there and marched themselves with protection, you know, with the safety and all of that, even though we as adults have been more fearful. I, I saw this, that outside of all the ugliness we've seen and all the, and and by the way, the other thing that 2020 brought out is all these disparities, all the injustices, inequities, it just hit it hit us in the face. And for me, it was a, it's about time because we know as we do this work all together, we know that's always been there. The thing is with social media now, it, And with the George Floyd incident and everything else that's been happening, we know that's been happening all the time. For the first time, we also see the white community coming out and calling it out. But however, I also wanna measure it in the 2021 and moving forward of whether you can also use that privilege of yours. And instead of performative allyism, I wanna see some action. I wanna see them calling it out like it is, or even opening up a door for us so we can go through it because that's what I wanna see. Moving forward, I'm very hopeful because there's another part that we say. we saw Georgia. We saw the Georgia estate, the basket of sort of the cradle of discrimination and racism for the past. We got a, we got a minister, uh, African-American, the first one, and we have a Jewish person and, uh, and both eloquent, both great. And we have the, my lady, my hero, um, Abrams. Oh my God, did she do something? to dismantle and deconstruct the power of the black woman was yeah. shown all out. And I'm so happy, and, and we see it all over. We got a, a presidency that we need to support it. So our 2021, very hopeful, very encouraged. I'm big on equity, diversity, inclusion issues, and but it has to be genuine to me. And We have to go forward and, and nail it down. We can't leave it halfway, nail it down. So that's what I'm looking forward in 21. Wow, well, well, I mean, I
1: could, I don't even. I think we can just end the, the podcast, Beth. I don't even think we need to. We got to hear a little more, Siobhan, So Come on now. We, that, <laughs> that's a mic drop. That that's a mic drop moment for real, right there. Uh, yeah. But,
0: but I think I've we had we've had conversations about Stacey Abrams, so that's yes. kind of cool uh, yeah. bringing that up the power that that the, the 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 gifts, the talents, the power of of, of her is just amazing. By the
2: way, I knew that power because I've been raised by, you know, I was raised by my mother, single mother in the South Bronx, three sisters. I've always had that energy of the woman. And I always say the, you know, who's who's that one? They don't stand behind me. They stand next to me. And my mother was the one, the impetus to give me this said, you know, you got to advocate for the people, because when I saw her going through the system and also being discriminated, against, I said, and she had a heavy accent, she couldn't get through. I said, I'm going to end up in a profession like a lawyer, which I am now, and advocate for women like my mom. And you fast forward to some of the work that I've done. I've ended up advocating for women in my mother's similar situated position and and been able to advocate for their to to seek redress from these complex systems that try to relegate them to a disenfranchised and colonized state. So, uh, you know, I and I work now educating my young people at the classroom so they can make a change, so they can see their voices, that they can be heard. But I, I do it very strategically, right? Yeah, I, that's... I, I plant that seed so they know, I give them, I say, share your voice now. Let's look at the, the way the system operates. I give them the tools. So they can then navigate it and say, you own it. You take what you need from me and then move on. And you, you, you make your your you make your statement and you you carve your road to to that area of equality and, and, and equity you want to achieve for your people. So
1: yeah. And I mean that's a good that's a good segue into our next question. You said something in your in your previous response when you were talking about hopeful for 2021. You talked about performative allyism, right? And and we've seen a lot of of change in 2020 where, like we said, we saw folks who had never um, used their voices or who, who joined the, the protests, who joined um, with folks um, to, to really um, speak out against things that we saw around George Floyd and, and Breonna Taylor and, and many others who lost their lives um, through state sanction or police violence in 2020. So with that being said how do we go beyond because obviously it, that brought up a lot of conversations and we're seeing like you said on social media conversations that we've never had before and folks who are joining conversations who never joined before but how do we move beyond just talking about equity and talking about change what is it that we need to do to go beyond the conversations and actually um, have real change in these areas happen um, in our country
2: well, yeah, I, you know, I, a perfect example as I, I've been um, appointed of the, you know, I've been the chair of the equity and diversity and inclusion in my university and, you know, we have a lot of, as you know, the university structure is lends itself to um, the conversation, right? So we have to do it with our students. We have to create a narrative that will help us dismantle some of the narrative that already exists because you could have the conversations, but if you go and address the systemic institutionalized, even when it comes to certain policies and procedures and practices that these institutions have, they say, well, we're all about this. But then when you measure the policy, the policy is in contradiction to what you want to achieve, which is your equity. And, 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 you know, I myself, I've often am the one who speaks out because I always have nothing to lose. You know, a lot of my colleagues don't speak out because they're on tenure track, they're on certain things that are limiting. Some of even the people that we work with in RJJ, the professionals say they can't can't talk to their supervisor and even say that they could suggest a change that would benefit their work. And a lot of that we have to get to the point of getting to people to become more courageous about taking the positions. You go from the conversation to the courage to a collaborative cooperative organizing voice, right? So the more you have, that support you because we all need that. And for the person of color, there has to be this dismantling of a double standard that 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 we are, that our narrative is not as legit, that our ideas is not as legit, that when I contribute to the discourse that has to do with a change in policy that affects my people, that you consider that voice legitimate. And I've been also even uh, criticized as complicit by my own white colleagues who say, because I didn't speak out early enough about the injustice, it was complicit. On my side, you you have the audacity to challenge me who has the lived experience when you don't understand you're re-traumatizing me by delegitimizing my voice in that conversation. And that happened to me with even people who are well-intended some ways, have been friends of mine and have used my racial identity to legitimize that they're sensitive to the issues of race and and gender or or ethnicity that I myself have struggled with. So I think we need to take, to your point, we need to take our conversation to a very deliberate change in the deconstruction of the narrative that does not allow us to move forward to make an impact on those policies and procedures. And I'm doing that on my own, not only my work with my students to understand that they need to peel the layers, that somebody's making money out of them (laughs) despair. Somebody's making money out of these injustices. We need to look at it in a very strategic way and change this narrative into a more very much deliberate, you know, objectives that are strategized, organized, and that we have, then we send out everybody, you know, strategically into the positions to start dismantling it on their own as a person, on their own as a professional, and on their own when they're challenging their own systems and institutions. And believe me, it exists everywhere. It doesn't matter whether you're university, the cradle of democracy or haven or that. So, so I think that you know, if we go from conversations, you know, and I'm tired. I usually, you know, I've lived this stuff. And so I'm tired of conversations too. And I don't need to be in that conversation. I don't need to be righteously indignant. I just want to be doing some action steps that, you know, I love my work. That's why I need to get this pandemic over with because I need to be out there with my people representing them and being right there in the trenches with them, struggling with them, understanding that I can give them voice, but then I'm going to give you the tools so you can activate your own voice. So then you become self-sustained, self-determined and independent and thrive on your own. So that's that's where I take that.
0: Well, Shavante, I don't know, but this is another mic drop and we still have-
2: (laughs) And that's a, no, I was going to say, and that's a fact, Jack.
0: (laughs) DJ Prof right here, right? DJ Prof, that's right, that's right. (laughs) But, and I think, Willie, the the thing that, you know, I mean, we all have a part to play in that, right? And I think that's, that's what you're bringing to the table too, right? Is like, we got to go past the conversation into the action, but we all have a part to play in that.
2: absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Hey Willie, we are running short on time, unfortunately, so I'm going to have to wrap it up with our last question. And and with gratitude, I ask this question. Um, again, we're thrilled that you you've agreed to to be on our podcast. But we started today, or we started this episode with, "What do you do, Willie?" And we're going to end it with, "Why do you do what you do, Willie?" What's your why?
2: Well, you know I. I think it started with, uh, since I was little, it's my passion, it's my mission, and it's my calling, you know, it's, it's you know, I believe very much in, you know, we need to help, I, I you know, I had mentors, and I had um, people that helped me along that played the surrogate role of a father to me, and whether they were ex-offenders or anything, but they always had something good to say to me, and they believed in me. And I will continue to work because I believe in those young people. As adults, we need to get out of the way because they have—they can become superstars, creative. And I always tell my young people, just give me 150% of motivation, and I'll give you the 30% of intellectual capital you need to become a star. And I will continue to do my work. It's in my, it's in my um, bloodline. You know, I'm passionate about this stuff. And I'll fight for human rights and justice until the day I die. So it's not gonna stop me. They always said, they have this reference that there's no stopping Willie. And, um, and that's because my work is in that area. So I will, why I do it, it's because I love doing it. Um, and especially now, since I'm more focused on young people, you know, I've, I have three great children that I, the only career goal I ever wanted is to be a good father. And they have already, shown that and they tell me that so that's why i do what i do
0: i'm i'm thinking there's there's a no stopping Willie. that's a hashtag that's a bumper sticker that's <laughs> it's all kind of stuff <laughs> Willie, thank you so much again for being I've had Fun! i'm having fun with this ah uh, this is the this is my favorite thing you know we're uh, gonna keep you mind this is just yeah, this is just season two man of this podcast yeah, so we have yeah, yeah, a yeah. long way to go so we'll keep that in mind
2: yeah, yeah, next time maybe I'll do a little scratching in the back.
0: Oh yeah, we season whole, three. That. That, that's true. That could be our music, man. to know, Willie Rodriguez, DJ Prof. Okay. DJ <laughs> off. There's no stopping <laughs> Willie. We got all kind of
1: tags. So yeah. Well, yeah. thank you. Yeah. yeah. We we so, really appreciate it. And,
2: and oh, I appreciate it. I thank you. I appreciate uh, both of you. Thank you so much. You made my days. Made my weekend. It's made my weekend. It's giving me more energy. There's no stopping me next week. There's no stopping Willie. Watch out, Beth. We got another meeting coming, so I'm going to come up with all.
0: That. <laughs> all right, all right. There's no stopping Willie. Well, I, I, I may be regretting this. Oh, thank here, you, thank right you. So much. It's,
2: it's been an honor. It's been an honor, and um, you know, I wish you both well and stay safe and stay well. Thanks,
0: and to our JDI community, thanks for tuning in and listening, and we'll see you next week with another episode of These Are our Kids, a podcast for JDI Connect. Stay safe, everyone.